Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO, founder of Love for Words, an editing boutique. And I'm also the creator of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuned into right now. Our episodes air every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can listen on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other stations as well. Um, so today we have a very special guest. I'm very excited for you to uh, learn more about her, and I'm also excited to learn more about her. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of Embolden Media Group, a boutique publishing consulting firm that provides quality content development and literary services that help authors and publishers reach growing, diverse, and global audiences. She's also the founder of a newly formed group called Christian Publishing Professionals of Color that seeks to provide support, career opportunities, and community for BIPOC in Christian publishing. In addition, she's a book editor, writer, literary agent, and author of seven books, including her bestseller, Pray, Hear, Write, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting for Breakthrough in Your Writing, published by her team at Embolden Media Group. She's written for other people or edited as, her, as herself and has appeared on national bestsellers lists and has sold millions of copies around the world. Starting her 17-year career in traditional book publishing as a copy editor, she quickly moved into senior acquisitions and senior editor roles with publishers for both adult and children's titles. Today's guest is Javon Bolden. Thank you so much for joining us today, Javon. Hi, I'm so glad to be here with you, Katara. I'm really, really excited. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and you're welcome. I appreciate it. So as I've shared, um, you hold many titles in the literary world, but myself and my guests are most intrigued by um, your editing. So we would love to know more about your journey into becoming an sure. editor and if there was a person or event that motivated you into becoming an editor. I can't say that it was a person. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I was in college and I grew up in a very sort of um, middle-class Black community, uh, Black Christian community. Um, I went to, uh, which was actually in Huntsville, Alabama. I went to a uh, private school, Christian school at Oakwood uh, Academy and then Oakwood University. And so pretty much the path for success was going toward, at the time, was going toward being a doctor, okay. uh, engineer, a lawyer, a professor. I mean, there are just certain things that you're gonna do with yourself. Right. And, um, and so I was following that path. I mean, I was on my way to actually working on being a neurosurgeon. That's who I wanted to be. That's what I thought I wanted to be. <laughs> um, and then I just, you know, the more I dove into the classes. So I'd always um, excelled in math and science and, and, and I just tried to do well across the board, honestly. But um, there really wasn't a whole lot of enjoyment in those. I'll just be honest. Yeah. Um, I found the most enjoyment uh, in when I went to English class yeah. and when I was engaging <laughs> in um, literature and those discussions, it was like, you know, the whole world of possibility just opened, <clears throat> opened up for me as I sat um, in those classes and had those deep discussions. Um, so, you know, to me, I just, it just fed me in a way that I never 
realize until I was making a making, I was at a point in my life, I was, um, I was actually a freshman and maybe a sophomore in college. I had already um, taken many credits toward, you know, pre-med biology. And uh, I was just, I was just kind of like, I really don't think I like this. Like, am I really headed toward not living the life that I want to live? Like, who does that? And a lot of people do, really. Yeah. A lot of us make decisions. Yeah. A lot of us make decisions and we end up living a life we don't want to live. That has never been my goal. I love life and I want to continue loving life. So as much as I can, with God's strength and power, um, make decisions uh, where I'm living the fullest I'm going to try. So I was at a point where I um, needed to make that decision. And I had to, I was praying actually. And I felt led to think about the one class in high school I didn't skip. Um, and it turned out to be English class. Um, you know, by the time your friends are driving, you're like, okay, yeah, let's get off campus, whatever. But I, I really never wanted to miss English class. Um, I had all, I've always been someone who's written. I've always been someone that was an early reader. Um, and I just have just had a love for words, uh, and expression and ideas. Um, and so that's basically, so I like literally, um, finished the semester out as pre-med biology, left the school, like literally went to a whole other school. So from an HBCU to a public college, I went to University of Alabama uh, in Huntsville and um, changed my major. I was like, I don't want to hear anything from anybody. I don't want anybody to tell me, oh, what are you doing with your life? English, what, you know? So I did get a lot of that actually. There yeah. were friends and different ones who are close. Um, who were, you know, what are you doing? You were going to be a doctor. Now, what are you going to, I didn't even know what I was going to do with English. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was like, well, I like it. That's what I'll start with. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so it, yeah, that's what I ended up doing. I switched my whole thing. So I have a degree now, bachelor's of arts in English with a minor in sociology, which I absolutely love. Sociology is a surprisingly great match for English literature um, because literature sort of has this way of showing off culture uh, and um, social, socio-political things uh, in very special ways. And sociology accompanies that so well. You study the, 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 um, the, it's the study of basically uh, human group behavior and dynamics. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That was my undergraduate degree. So I know ah. sociology. I oh, that. I love it. And much like yourself, um, I did go, I did get my master's in criminal justice because I wanted to be a homicide detective. And then I said, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I considered switching my master's to sociology, but I was so far in, so I just finished it. Uh, so for our yeah. listeners, um, you might change your mind along the way and that's okay. Um, you might be an early reader, writer, you might not, it's okay. Um, Cause I know a lot of listeners get a little anxious about, oh, I changed my mind or I don't know what I wanna do. So just to give you that encouragement, it's okay if, if it doesn't um, pan out the way you imagined. So don't be too deterred by that. Um, so for you, um, as you, you know, completed your degree, or um, other experiences in life? How did you decide um, what type of editing you wanted to do um, and what genres you like to edit the most? 
Um, so I didn't know anything, Katara, like I said. Uh, so I just switched my major. I said, well, I don't know what I'll do. But I have, so I have this belief. I think there's an under, you know, you have, we, we have certain values that we live by without even knowing how to name them. And I think one of mine is that when you follow your love or passion, things will work out in some kind of way. Absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. So I felt confident in following that path and that, you know, Did I freeze? You did, you're back now. Okay. So I, uh, you know, I just graduated, honestly. I did some research to see what was possibly available to me. Um, and I, you know, there was magazine copywriting, there was, you know, some copy editing things. And I just really didn't actually know what all those things were. So I just started, honestly, I just started applying for jobs that made sense. So I, I wanna just actually send a shout out to any publishers who may listen to this. For sure. It's so important that publishers um, do some really good, um, do job fairs and career fairs at colleges and also at HBCUs. Um, most of the time, I don't know how I feel. I feel like there's still a lack of knowledge, especially around the nation, around the country. Um, about what you can do with different degrees and then what are what what's available in book publishing. There's a desire to diversify um, publishing and without knowledge and access, people right. don't know what's up. So anyway, I, I, I just, I started, like I said, I applied for all the jobs that seem to allow um, for a person with a bachelor's degree in English okay. um, and uh, landed I didn't want to be a teacher. That's what I did know. Okay. I knew I did. I knew what I didn't want. I didn't yes. know anything else. <laughs> Got one call. So I had applied to like 30 jobs, right? Got one call from a, comp a small company in Florida called Charisma Media. I didn't know anything about them, but you know, they were a Christian company. The interview, phone interview went well. We moved quickly into the in-person interview. I flew down for the in-person interview. That went really well. It was for an entry-level position as a copy editor. And they offered it to me and I said, yes. I said, yes. I said, yes, as quick as I could. Um, and <clears throat> I wasn't sure. I feel like, you know, as we're talking to, you know, those who may just be starting out, sometimes you want to get your foot in the door. Um, you want to get the job title, um, you want to get that experience so that you can make, you can then maneuver within the industry that you desire. So that's what I felt like I was doing. And uh, so I stayed there for 12 years. Um, oh. <laughs> I was there for 12 years. It was a boot camp. It was tough. Uh, I worked very, very hard. Um, within my time there, I probably edited about three or 400 books. Wow. Um, uh, early in my time there, they had, at the time I came on, they were, uh, they were experimenting with doing children's books. 
So I had the opportunity to project manage a season of children's books, went very well. So I had to get illustrators and I had to work with the children's book authors um, and I edited. Um, so that was a season of books that I did, handled the production, handled the printing, all of that, all of that. And really trying to rally the team to, I was the in-house champion for the uh, the experimental children's book line that they tried. And it went really well. It was really beautiful books that, that we did. And then I moved, um, stayed there and was promoted quickly into developmental editing, which is another level of editing, which is big picture ideas. Yeah. So if, if you know anything, listeners and guitar, if you guys know anything about copy editing, copy editing is tiny pictures, small yes. pictures. You must learn I have the Chicago Manual of Style. That is my <laughs> Bible. I, I read that book from almost front to back while I was training as a copy editor. So um, that is that makes my experience much richer as a developmental editor. And I will say that every editor does not have the ability to go from myopic to macro. Absolutely. Um, you know, so so that is a gift and I'm grateful for it. Um, but I, I will say that I love ideas. So my I love to be able to shape a book. I love the conceptualization. Um, and so anyway, while I was there, I also was uh, after a developmental editor, I was promoted to senior acquisitions editor where I led um, two imprints, another experimental one dealing with emerging leaders and new voices and another one that was um, for integrative health, natural health. Um, and that's what I've done. And then I, uh, after, school, um, after Charisma House, I resigned after I felt like I had contributed what I needed to contribute at that point. Um, and you know, there's a part where sometimes you're hoping for opportunities at a certain um, employer that are not there. Um, I didn't feel like I was going to have much more growth there. I'll just be honest. Not that um, I feel like my own ideas and what I wanted to see for publishing and overall was sort of um, maybe maybe they, they could not be accommodated at this okay. particular publisher. Um, yeah. So I went to Scholastic and um, led one of their, led the editorial team for one of their, um, led editorial for one of their nonfiction imprints for kids, another kids opportunity that I absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. Stayed there for a little while um, and then launched Emboldened Media Group in 20, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I launched Emboldened Media Group in 2017. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. I want to backtrack just a little bit. Um, you shared that you have different, um, you have experience in different types of editing. Um, so what would you recommend to authors who don't know what type of editing they need? Like how would they figure that out? Um, and what are your recommendations for them to um, find out exactly what type of editor they need? <laughs> So I'm going to say this, this is my experience over the last 20 years and having edited probably about, I'm probably getting close to 500 books at this point. Um, <laughs> I would say that if you've just written a book, you need a substantive or developmental editor. Like don't even play, yes. like make sure that your book is flowing. I, you know, oh, I just need somebody to look at the grammar. No, you don't. You need somebody to make sure they're coming behind you, making sure you look 
great. Yes. Your readers are your first um, priority. Absolutely. And a, de- a, a good developmental substantive editor is your best friend at that stage. Mm-hmm. After that, you can talk to someone who's going to just handle your grammar, which would be right. a copy editor. Um, and then, of course, after it's typeset and all that, don't forget the proofreader. You must, because you want to have several eyes looking at your book um, that ensures quality and readability, which is the most important thing, um, and that you are communicating as wonderfully as you want to, yeah. as you hope you would, because sometimes we, what we want and what we're able to produce are two different things. Right, exactly. But in a great editor, um, especially developmental or substantive, is going to take you over, take you right over into the place you want to be. Definitely. And you're willing to work with them because they'll make yeah. suggestions and you can either take offense to it or <laughs> or you can say, you know what, let me, let me, let me, let me uh, get over myself. <laughs> and let me take this objective advice and put an excellent book out there because I care so much about my readers. For sure. Them. For sure. One of the things that I've learned along my editing journey is um, it's a delicate balance between revisions and suggestions. So when I first started, when I first started, I was just like, this doesn't sound right. Let me change it. (laughs) But now, you know, four years later, I'm, you know, just learning that I can say, this is what I suggest, or this is confusing, or what do you mean by this? And I don't necessarily need to go in and change everything I have a question about. Yeah. It's something I've learned. I'm still working on that, of course, getting better at that. But I've appreciated that growth for myself, and I'm sure you did as well. Um, And then I just want to second that clients need to be open to working with an editor. Yeah. But but they need to be open because it's a collaboration. Um, But I feel like a lot of authors feel like the editor is their opponent, but we're not there to be your opponent. We're there to help you make sure you have the best book possible. Um, So that's something that I find myself repeating to clients. Like, I'm here to help you. I'm working with you, not against you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure we've encountered a lot of the same, um, you know, things being editors, but I agree, you know, that it requires give and take on both parts. But as far as being a self, you know, working in the self-publishing field, I always let the author know this is your book. So what you say goes. So just because I said you should change it doesn't mean you have to. Um, as the professional, this is my recommendation. But, um, you know, I always make sure to, to lead with that. You, you do what you want or what you feel is best for your book. But I'm here to help you. So thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. And I certainly agree with that. Um, I think that's can great. I, can I add one more thing yeah. too? Um, I think it's really important for editors to know their own lane as well. Um, if you have never worked on a certain kind of book, recommend another editor. Um, one of the first rules of editing is to do no harm. Uh, same thing as what you would see with a doctor, right? Um, and not to introduce errors into a manuscript. Absolutely. Um, So it's critically important that an editor is realistic. Um, Sometimes we can be so excited about getting into something that we may overestimate our ability, right? Um, However, an editor, a true editor is all about what serves the manuscript and the work best. So there's certain things you just shouldn't be editing. One of mine, um, I, I can appreciate and maybe do a review mm-hmm. of science fiction, 
Mm-hmm. It's not my area. Yes. I truly <laughs> probably don't even really like it. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry for those of you who are, <laughs> you know, into it because it has conventions, right? It has right. certain um, ways that something needs to be handled. I can review it and say, this is tight or this is loose perhaps. Right. But really you probably want to work with an editor who loves it and who exactly. has edited several manuscripts already. Um, if you're an editor who is just getting into a certain field or you actually love something, but you have no experience, work under another editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps you volunteer to say, yes. can I partner with you on projects to just see how this goes? You know, mm-hmm. can I, you know, what do we call that? Um, it's not mirror shadow, maybe is it yeah. shadow? Mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I, I recommend that, you know, um, and, and make sure you're still, you know, find ways to get paid. Of course you got to eat, but, but if you're trying to grow in an area, a new area, you may have to do some of that shadowing, especially when we're talking about being in the, um, independent publishing part of the industry. Yes, definitely. Um, another thing that I think is helpful as well also was bartering. Um, so that's something that it seems to be on the uptick um, a lot more popular. I get a lot more requests for that. Um, but that's something that you shouldn't be afraid of. And for those of you who don't know, it's just an um, exchange of service and goods, um, but not with money. So mm-hmm. you would offer to do photography for someone, you know, if they're willing to, I don't know, interior design your house. So don't yeah. be afraid of that. Um, don't be afraid to use your talents and um, exchange that with others who can provide something that you need as well. Um, so thank you uh, for sharing yeah. that, Javon. Um, is there any, are there any like resources? I know you said the Chicago manual style, but any other resources you would recommend to uh, up and coming editors or proofreaders? Oh, yes. And it's so funny. Oh, I have them all here. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. So what it is, is I have, um, I have a ton of books in the room that I'm in. Um, I am a reader, um, but I also keep a stack I am a, um, I have tons of resources because this is my life (laughs) and I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of resources for writing and I also have a bunch for editing. So there's a collection of essays. It's an older book and they update it from time to time, but I highly recommend it. uh, It gives sort of like context for editing. And it also sort of gives a history of editing and editors. Um, It is called Editors on Editing by, it's edited by Gerald Gross. Um, I have an older version that I'm holding up. No one will see this, but Katara and I see it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's an excellent uh, resource. I love it because it's literally a collection of essays on different roles editors play. Um, and then it'll talk about some really, um, some of the classic books and who was editing. So you'll actually hear from the editors of some of some classic books, really, really great resource. Another one is the Chicago Guide to Fact Checking by Brooke Borrell, Borrell, maybe, um, very great for copy editors, um, to learn the, skill of fact checking. Very, very important. Um, How to chase down a fact, even some of those ones you can't find easily. So the other one that I love is the subversive copy editor by Carol Fisher Saller. Um, 
it's also a Chicago book, so Chicago University. Uh, I mean, University of Chicago Press book. Um, excellent resource. Another one that I love is about the whole craft and business of editing. If you're a freelancer, whatever it's called, uh, what editors do, the art, craft, and business of book editing. And it is edited by Peter Jenna. I highly recommend that one as well. Um, and of course, you if you don't have anything else, and I'm actually, I think you need to get one of these books. So don't, so yeah, get one of those <laughs> that I didn't mention. And you must know that Chicago manual style backwards and forwards. Yes. Um, there are, you will find that there are perhaps other um, resources that are specific to the type of book you're editing, like if you're doing any technical editing, mm -hmm. there are certain style guides that you need to be sensitive to. If you're working for a publisher, they may have their own in-house style guide that you need to be submitted to. Yes, you need to do what they say. Um, and yeah, that's those are my recommendations. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. Um, so hopefully all of you are able to get those down and you take a look at those if you are pursuing um, the editing field. So. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about your experience being a Black female editor specifically um, and any words of encouragement you have for other um, Black female um, editors, current or aspiring. Uh, you know, that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm going to, that's, that's, that's like a whole podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that for me, it's been a, um, it's been a good journey, interesting I can't say what I really, you know, we, sometimes we start off with, well, it's been so hard. Mm -hmm. I missed out and didn't get this or that. Um, I really can't say for sure I know all of those things. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can say that perhaps there were things that I was limited by. Um, I have experienced microaggressions. I mean, there's mm -hmm. been things people have said to me. There's people who you know, maybe didn't trust me to do, you know, but never, it's been rare on the teams that I've been on. Um, okay. You can't really successfully be on a team with other editors, other people, um, and, and have a lot of uh, overt bias. I'm sure there were systemic things. I could, if I had time, I probably could come up with them, but here's the overall thing. Um, if you love this, uh, you will find ways to work through and around them. Yeah. You need to have your circle. Mm -hmm. You need to have your circle of people who support you and love you and who think you can do anything. <laughs> because um, when there's a job that comes up and you want to apply, you need to hear, you better go for it. Mm -hmm. Don't you think twice about it. You better do it. Um, work hard. I don't care what who else is doing anything around you. Um, whatever they're doing, you stay high in integrity. You work hard. Um, don't, um, don't go beyond what keeps you healthy. Um, one thing that I know about editors is we work hard. We don't, we really don't even have to have nobody tell us to work hard. <laughs> I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. Um, and, uh, it was challenging. There were times where it felt, I will be honest, there were times where it felt unhealthy, but I was motivated. Um, to do it to some degree. And sometimes I don't know my own limits. Um, editors are helpers. We are burden bearers. We like to see other people shine. 
Um, and we need to keep, keep healthy boundaries, uh, just like writers do. Just like we're similar to writers, but we're a little bit different minded, but um, some of us are not, some of us are both. Um, but you know, just, just really take care of yourself um, and go for what you want, like go for it all the way. Um, I would say that you need to do research on things like um, salaries in certain areas and yes. you need to be able to advocate for yourself um, if you want certain, if you wanna grow and progress in the field. Definitely. Um, I don't know, that's, that's, I think that's it. I could that's, go on. Yes, yes, we could go on. Um, it's so easy to get lost in the editing world when you're speaking to another editor, which I've learned on this podcast. Um, but thank you so much for, you know, wrapping us up and sending our, our listeners off with all of those great recommendations and words of encouragement. So if someone is, or one of the listeners or somebody they know is interested in your editing services or reading your book, or um, just learning more about your journey into the publishing world, how can they get in touch with you or, um, you know, be in how can they get in touch with you and continue to track all of your successes and things that you have going on? Well, you know, what's great is I have a unique name. Not too many, not too many people have it. So you can find me everywhere, Javon Bolden, J-E-V-O-N-B-O-L-D-E-N.com. You can find me the same way on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook and probably Tumblr. I talk about personal things on Tumblr. Um, yeah, so most of my blogging happens on my website, javonbolden.com. Okay. And that's pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm always on. I'm always on social media because I love it. I'm an introvert and that's the way I get to yeah, that's a perfect be way. myself. Yeah, it's a perfect way. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> so again, thank you so much, Javon. I'm so honored that um, you were a guest on the show. I know that um, I enjoyed it very much. I know the listeners did as well. Um, again, you can tune into Editor Knows Best every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other stations, other channels. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate um, your listenership, and I hope that everyone stays safe and stays well. Thank you. <laughs>